Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always good to have you here with us in the studio. Hello, Gina. And it's always great to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. And Father, welcome as always. Thank you, Gina. Happy Lent. Thank you. And Father and Matt, I apologize in advance if you hear my stomach growling during this podcast. But we are recording this on Ash Wednesday and we're fasting. Quite frankly, this is not something I do well. So, Father, can you tell us what this fasting business is all about? (laughs) Sure. It's an ancient practice, religious and non-religious in a sense, that is basically the voluntary choice not to eat something or not to eat completely. The idea being really a sense of discipline disciplining my passions or my desires for food. But from a religious point of view, it's meant to be a, on the one hand, a sacrifice, yes, especially if it's food that I like, but more so an expression of devotion to the will of God and not my own. Now, there are some specific requirements for Catholics when we fast, and Matt, we have them listed on the website. On CatholicPhilly.com, people can find among our many resources for Lent. Today, the rules for fasting and abstinence, and I think most people are aware of the rule that anyone age 14 and over is bound to abstain from meat on Ash Wednesday and all the Fridays of Lent and Good Friday. One of the things that I found was kind of interesting is that in addition to the guideline that many people know that only one full meatless meal is allowed on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, you can have two other meatless meals sufficient to maintain your strength to go to work and mm-hmm. take care of your responsibilities. Together, they should not equal a full meal. So if you'll have maybe a banana or a piece of fruit instead of a full spread in addition to your simple one meal that day. An interesting thing about the guidelines, it says that if your health or your ability to work or be seriously affected, the law does not oblige. But it ends by saying that Catholics should not lightly excuse themselves from these minimal penitential practices. So even though you have to choose, well, should I have a banana or an orange, you shouldn't lightly dismiss this idea of some sort of fasting on Ash Wednesday today and as well. Good Friday. Well, and actually, Father, there's a saint who spoke very particularly to this. Absolutely. St. Francis de Sales devoted one of his sermons to the topic of fasting at the beginning of Lent back in 1622. And as Matt was saying, he points out that fasting is not about starving yourself. That's just contrary to our respect for and upholding of human life. But his point was that fasting, the willful denial of food, like any kind of bodily mortification that I purposely choose, is an exterior thing. It's outside of us, if you will. The real focus is on the choice that I make. And he says, you know, fasting can be virtuous or not. If it's done for God, it's virtuous. If it's done just to lose weight or save money, good as that may be, you know, that doesn't make it virtuous. St. Thomas Aquinas said virtually the same thing. Francis de Sales's point is that if we're going to fast, that it should affect the whole of us not just our stomachs, that in a sense, fasting is intended to affect my will. And if I can choose for God, if I can, in a sense, fast in my heart and, you know, deny myself what I want in favor of what God wants, that's really the goal. And this could be a kind of a challenge, I think, for folks. You know, we talk about not eating meat. 
Well, how can they make this sacrifice if they don't already? Exactly. If they're a vegan or they just they don't like meat and they prefer fish. Guilty. All right. So <laughs> this what? is no this is no hardship for me to bypass the burgers today. So <laughs> So where does the sacrifice there? Where how does that appeal to virtue come in there? Well, and again, the idea is not in the pain of the sacrifice itself, because we can exist on one meal a day and the banana and the orange at some point. But the idea of it is to again, align my will with that of God's. So to train myself not to do what I want, then the fast would be to give up something that I want or that I like. Meat, it doesn't necessarily have to be, although that's obviously a popular choice. But again, the emphasis is on the virtue of aligning myself with the will of God. In fact, fasting in many ways doesn't even have to be about food. Francis de Sales gives an example. He says, you know, some people will sit down at a table and complain about this dish or criticize this particular dish. He says, an example of fasting would be to eat whatever is put in front of you, because that's the will of the person feeding you. And so I don't like it, but I'll eat it. He calls that a fasting of the will or of the heart, which he says is much more powerful than simply not eating a particular food. Now let's get a little granular here. And I am a self-confessed fasting failure. I grew up with a mom who was very, very indulgent, God rest her soul, but she always said, oh, honey, you don't have to fast. It's okay. I can see this is too hard for you. In the moment, okay, when you're fasting and you're trying to turn your will over to God, but you're like, Lord, I really want to eat right now. And And I could just kind of cheat and say, well, instead of eating, I'll drink extra coffee or something else that I really like. What does that look like when you're in that moment trying to get through a day of fasting? Because I think a lot of people just say, ah, forget it. It's too tough. I'm too used to indulging myself. I'll just say a prayer. Well, sort of substituting for fasting. Exactly. It's kind of, you know, getting around it, if you will. Again, with the emphasis being on not my will, but yours, God be done. The question is, what can I do and stick to it in terms of denying myself or suppressing, if you will, those simple appetites? Yeah, I can always make an excuse that that I need to eat this or whatever. But if I'm honest, that's what it is. It's an excuse. So it comes down again to the whole person. Am I being honest with myself? Am I making this choice consciously for God? Am I doing this out of a sense of devotion, not out of a sense of vanity? Those questions obviously only folks can answer for themselves. The opening prayer for the Ash Wednesday liturgy talks about self-restraint as a project for mm-hmm. Lent. So it seems to me that our fast on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and perhaps the Fridays of Lent really helps us toward that goal of self-restraint. And if we have that self-restraint and it opens a space for us, we would like God to fill that space. Mm-hmm. How would we invite him in to do that? Just by doing that, in the sense that I can pray along with fasting, okay, God, I'm giving this up today, and I would really, really like to eat this, but I want to do that for your will. Fill me with your insight. It's a prayer. I can recall Jesus fasting in the desert. I can recall the saints fasting. I can bring my mind and my heart along with my mouth and my stomach to this exercise, and that becomes an exercise of devotion. How would you suggest an integration with the other pillar of Lent, which is almsgiving? So we're talking about fasting. We're talking about prayer. Mm -hmm. How would we integrate that with almsgiving? Well, a classic example and practice of this is the tradition of the rice bowl. That is to say, to give up eating something and the cost of what that would have been, I donate to a religious charity. That certainly combines them. I can do so with a prayer, a prayer of thanks for what I have, a prayer of grace for those who are in need. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy, complex, 
formal kind of thing, but the habitual practice of it. And that's why it's a seasonal adventure. Mm -hmm. Getting into the habit of doing that kind of cultivates in us or shapes in us this attitude of prayer and sacrifice and almsgiving or charity. So it's a good idea to try to continue this beyond into the summer, into the fall, any time of year. It certainly can be done any time of year. I think it's very, very intentional during the Lenten season, precisely because we also recall Jesus's temptation in the desert, the problematic of sin in our lives, the grace of God in providing for us. All of those Lenten themes go along with it. But certainly we should always be charitable. We can always fast. We do on Sundays before receiving the Eucharist. So it's not limited to Lent, but it's, I think, more intentional during Lent. And that reminds me, our evangelical brothers and sisters do tend to fast throughout the year for specific prayer intentions, whether it's part of a faith community or for a personal prayer intention. So it is a good idea to remember this isn't just a one-off for one time of year, but that this can provide breakthrough. And interestingly enough, there is a passage in Scripture in both Mark and Matthew's Gospels where the disciples fail to cast out a demon Jesus kind of, if you will, bats clean up, and they ask him, why couldn't we do it? And his response to them in some translations is that this kind goes out not but by prayer and fasting. What are the specific effects of fasting? What should we see in our lives? If we're doing this right, what should we see? Well, Francis de Sales, again, in that sermon about fasting, says there are four fruits or benefits, if you will, spiritual benefits of fasting. One is to fortify our spirits. We come to realize that, in this case, you know, food doesn't have power over us. We decide over it. A second would be, and the critically important one, raising our spirits to God, because it's not just about not eating. It's not simply about the mortification. The ultimate purpose is to raise our minds and hearts to God. He says it enables us to fight concupiscence or fight the kind of natural passions that make us want to eat or make us want to eat this particular thing, the kinds of things that can easily influence our wills. And fourthly, he says it disposes our hearts to God. It makes us think of something more than wanting and having the things of this world. It disposes us to a religious sensibility, and that's the purpose of it. Thank you so much, Father Thomas Daly. Always a pleasure to have you here. Matt, we also have a lot of resources for our readers and listeners who are looking to journey through Lent with us. Yeah, readers should take a look at catholicphilly.com, and we're going to include this in our newsletter every week throughout Lent. There's a very broad array of resources, reflection materials, both in reading, listening, and viewing to help people on their Lenten journey. We are not alone on this journey. Thank you both so much, and God bless you on your journey through Lent. Happy Lent. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. This episode of Inside Catholic Philly is sponsored by the Bazillion Spirituality Center. The Bazillion Spirituality Center, located in Jenkintown, was founded in 2000 to bring Christ's praying, healing, and life-giving presence to all God's people. Rooted in the spirituality of St. Basil, the center is a hub for Catholic activity in the Philadelphia area. Our spring 2019 program schedule includes an open house on January 30th, a retreat for caregivers on March 23rd, and faith formation meetings on Tuesday evenings during Lent. Find us on Facebook or at stbasils.com. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.